Hi there, welcome back to MLEX's weekly podcast covering the most pressing regulatory issues around the globe. I'm James Paniki, Asia-Pacific Senior Editor, and it's great to be with you again. And wherever you may be listening to this podcast, you'd be only too aware that there's an election campaign underway at the moment. As the US gears up for a crucial presidential vote in November, our team of reporters in the US has been doing exactly what you would expect, trying to assess what the future may hold in terms of antitrust and privacy regulation. And the key development of recent weeks has been the announcement that Kamala Harris would be Joe Biden's running mate, so Senator Harris is now the Democratic vice presidential nominee. The nomination immediately caught our attention because of Harris's time in public office in the state of California, which is of course home to some of the country's largest tech companies. Unlike other potential vice presidential nominees, Harris has had to grapple with the regulation of Silicon Valley and has also had to deal with the reality of having these companies as her constituents. MLEX's digital team published a fine piece of analysis looking into Harris's history of tech regulation, and you can find a link to that piece at our webpage. Among those who contributed to that article are Amy Miller, our senior correspondent on data privacy and security based in San Francisco, and Max Fillion, an MLEX antitrust correspondent in Washington, D.C., and both of them join me now. Uh, Max, let's start with you. What exactly is Kamala Harris's history with antitrust enforcement? So uh, Kamala Harris has um, a decent amount of antitrust experience uh, stemming from her time as California's attorney general from uh, 2010 to 2016 when she uh, ran for the U.S. Senate. During that time, she oversaw a bunch of different antitrust enforcement uh, actions, namely um, car parts price-fixing investigations. She oversaw the Sutter Health Probe, uh, which eventually led to a settlement with California uh, for higher health care costs stemming from anti-competitive practices. She reached a settlement with eBay over a no-poach agreement it struck with Intuit which included the first ever payout of restitution for generalized harm to the state's economy. And then moving on to her time as a senator, uh, she has not served on the uh, Senate's antitrust uh, subcommittee, but uh, she still has done some stuff. She recently wrote a letter to the Federal Trade Commission warning about uh, a pair of mergers in the pharmaceutical industry uh, between AbbVie and Allergan and uh, BMS and Celgene. Uh, those eventually went through, but um, she, she said that uh, the mergers threatened competition in the drug industry and could increase prices. Um, and she also recently wrote to the DOJ's uh, inspector general asking the, the IG to investigate the basis for a recent investigation done by the DOJ's antitrust division uh, into an agreement on car emission standards among four auto manufacturers in the state of California. But, but Max, all of this is pointing to the fact that she's um, done some work on a number of industries, but I suppose everyone, given that she's from California, everyone's looking at what she would be like with antitrust enforcement on big tech companies. Now, rightly or wrongly, she does have the reputation of someone not particularly strong in that area, right? Well, uh, she hasn't really indicated um, one way or another what she's going to do. Um, Going back to her her experience when she was the attorney general uh, of California, she oversaw some tech mergers that turned out to be fairly important ones. You could argue it was hard uh, to know that back then. 
Um, there, there's been a video that has recently resurfaced uh, as she has been um, running for the Democratic presidential nomination. Uh, she was speaking at Google's headquarters uh, in the in the waning days of her um, of her bid for attorney general. Uh, when she was speaking there, she said that uh, government shouldn't stand in the way of business growth, but that doesn't have to come at the expense of helping consumers or going after bad businesses. And again, this is 10 years ago now, and, 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 uh, and things are very different. But what do we take away from that speech? Is there a suggestion there that she wouldn't be prepared, for example, to step in and break up some of the big tech companies? Well, there's no question um, that that is uh, some sort of stricter enforcement against big tech companies uh, is going to be expected in the uh, coming years. Like I said, it's been it's been 10 years since she gave that speech at Google. Um, Just in the last year, there have been these sort of growing calls. Um, to break up big tech companies, um, to separate platforms um, from competing with third-party sellers. And, uh, and that was a big part of the Democratic uh, primary. Um, Elizabeth Warren, for example, called for the breakup of, of a bunch of big tech mergers. Um, and, and Kamala Harris uh, was asked that a couple of different times on the campaign trail, but she never really gave an answer either way. For example, uh, she said in an interview that uh, they would have to take a look at breaking up Facebook. That goes in line with something that that Joe Biden said. <clears throat> she has also said when asked directly whether she supported breaking up big tech uh, generally, um, she didn't answer. She shifted uh, instead to her stances on privacy, which uh, she has been much more vocal about. Mm. Why we're talking about this is, I suppose, because we're trying to get a sense of what we could expect from Harris Uh, in terms of antitrust enforcement under a prospective Biden administration. Is there any sense of what the future might hold, assuming, of course, that she is, uh, that she and Joe Biden are elected? What could we expect from her on that front? Well, um, she's, you know, the the Biden administration is going to be, uh, if if they win, uh, they would be handed a a Google suit. Probably, um, they uh, there might be some sort of legislation that comes across uh, Biden's desk at some point that uh, that will originate out of the um, the the House Antitrust Subcommittee's investigation. Um, and there will be pressure to act. Um, uh, there are many Democratic calls uh, for, for stricter antitrust enforcement against the big tech companies. Um, I, I think it's difficult to say one way or another exactly what they're going to do, but they are going to have immense pressure on them to act. Amy, as Max has just said, uh, Harris has been far more eager to discuss her past work as a privacy enforcer. So there's always a lot of attention uh, there to consumer affairs, I suppose. So maybe that's a good place to start from. When did Harris begin to build her reputation as a strong privacy uh, advocate and a privacy enforcer? I think she really started getting some attention in 2012 uh, when she was a California AG. Uh, that's when she announced a deal with Google and Apple and some other large app platforms that would require app stores to display a privacy policy before users could download an app. Uh, what was pioneering about that was that she, she clarified that California's uh, state internet privacy law back, passed back in 2003 the California Online Privacy Protection Act, they call it CalOPA, 
She clarified that that would also apply to mobile apps and their developers, not just traditional websites. And that was at a time when, you know, privacy regulators really weren't tackling these kinds of thorny issues. Um, And since then, she's received praise for several privacy initiatives uh, during her tenure as California AG. Uh, In 2014, she issued a report on data privacy, calling it a priority for her department. She was one of the first, uh, might have been the first, state attorney general to set up a dedicated privacy and data security unit. Um, And in 2016, in in what was then thought to be a first for a U.S. privacy regulator, uh, she released an online tool that lets users report websites or mobile apps or online services if they're not following their disclosed privacy practices. Um, That didn't go very far. It didn't get the kind of traction that they were hoping. But I think all of these things illustrate that she was thinking about these privacy issues long before, I think, uh, even members of Congress or other state legislatures were thinking about them. And she's also taken a strong stand on revenge porn, uh, even before the FTC took its first action against uh, an alleged uh, perpetrator. So tell us something about how that came about. Yes, uh, that was back in 2015. Yeah, she made headlines. Uh, She brought the first criminal case in the U.S. involving revenge porn. Uh, she won a conviction against a 27-year-old young man from San Diego on uh, 27 felony counts of conspiracy, uh, identity theft, and extortion. They were all associated with the operation of his website, yougotposted.com. He was ultimately sentenced to eight years in prison. And that was, uh, she brought the case several months before the FTC took its first action on, uh, on revenge porn. What about the related uh, tech issue of net neutrality? What is her position on this principle that uh, internet uh, service providers should treat transmissions from different sources in the same way? Yeah, uh, Harris has been a longtime supporter of net neutrality. Uh, During her campaign for president, uh, she promised that if elected, she would reverse the federal uh, U.S. Federal Communication Commission's, what she described as disastrous, repeal of net neutrality rules. Net neutrality is put in place consumer protection for internet users. And um, when she was a senator, uh, she even pressed now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh about his views on net neutrality. Um, When Kavanaugh was sitting on the D.C. Circuit, uh, the appeals court uh, upheld the FCC's net neutrality rule in 2017. But Kavanaugh argued in a dissent that the FCC excuse me, was not authorized to impose its net neutrality requirements on Internet service providers. Um, so Harris really pressed Kavanaugh on whether or not he would recuse himself from, from any sort of hypothetical situation where he might preside over uh, any sort of decisions regarding net neutrality. And uh, Kavanaugh basically declined to say he would recuse himself. And Amy, just looking forward and assuming, obviously, that uh, firstly, she is elected and secondly, that as vice president, she has any influence at all, which, you know, given the precedent of uh, of vice presidents in the United States, isn't necessarily a given. But what might we expect from uh, Vice President uh, Harris uh, when it comes to a privacy policy? Is there are there any measures that are likely to feature prominently? Well, I think she's going to press hard for privacy regulations, uh, and she's going to uh, bring on board, I think, people who have some experience in this, people that she's worked with in California, people that she's worked with in the Senate, I think. Um, So I I think what we're going to see is a lot more attention. And on the consumer-facing side of things, not just on on what it means for tech companies, but but what it means for consumers. I think she's always got an eye out toward what it means for the average sort of everyday 
everyday American. So we'll see what, what, what it plays out. But that's, that's what I would predict, uh, a lot more emphasis and focus. Now, whether she can get Congress to actually pass a bill if, she, if, if she's elected and whether she has that kind of pull, I, we'll just have to see what happens after the election. But um, I think, I think if, if she is elected, yeah, that we're going to see a lot more focus on privacy issues. And I should also note that um, she uh, has obviously a lot of experience both uh, in tech and antitrust spaces, um, and she will add a lot of sophistication uh, to a prospective Biden administration uh, in in both areas. Um, Biden hasn't really touched on uh, touched much on either issue, um, but uh, yeah, she clearly has a, a lot to bring to the table there. Okay, of course, uh, Harris now needs to get herself elected. Um, otherwise, everything that we've discussed until now doesn't actually matter, but at least uh, at least we've done our homework. Um, Amy, Max, it's been great talking. Thanks a lot. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. Amy Miller is MLEX's senior correspondent on data privacy and security. She was speaking to us from San Francisco. Max Fillion is one of our antitrust reporters in Washington, D.C., And if you'd like to check out our analysis of Kamala Harris's nomination, just go to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's mlexmarketinsight.com and click on the Insight Center tab. That's it for today. I'm James Paniki, Asia-Pacific Senior Editor here at MLEX, and we'll be back in your feed next Friday at more or less the same time. Thank you so much for your company. I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.